Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders. I want to invite you to visit outcomesrocket.com slash reviews, where you could leave us a rating and review on what you thought about today's podcast, because our guest is really amazing today. His name is Dr. Peter Tippett. He is a CEO at Health Accelerate. He's involved in health IT, security, and compliance. He's an entrepreneur, has been down this path of an entrepreneur as well as a frontline provider, uh, chief medical officer at Verizon at one point. I mean, the guy has an incredible amount of background to help make outcomes better, and I thought it would be such a pleasure to have him on. So without further ado, I just want to welcome you to the podcast, Dr. Tippett. Well, thank you. So, you know, one of the questions that I love kicking off with all of our guests is why healthcare to begin with? You mean why people need to be cured of diseases? <laughs> <laughs> why did you decide to get into healthcare to begin with? <laughs> uh, I was drawn to healthcare by the science of it and the, the rigor of it. And I liked the people of it. I kind of have a gump past, you know, you, you touched on my background. I kept falling into environments that people were wildly successful. I worked for a guy when I was in college that won the Nobel Prize for sequencing the first protein. And then another guy that I worked with synthesized the first protein and he won the prize also. Nice. And I worked in another lab that figured out the cholesterol problem. And these were all health related, you know, organizations. So, you know, I got sucked in because they were exciting people in exciting places doing great things. And I really enjoyed helping people get better too. Wow, that's awesome. Well, you're very modest, Dr. Tippett. That's uh, uh, one of your distinguishing qualities. And, you know, I do believe that you are the average of your five closest friends. And so if you keep surrounding yourself with amazing people like Dr. Tippett listeners, you will too be successful. So what would you say, Dr. Tippett, is a hot topic that should be on every medical leader's agenda today? The topic that I've been worried about and trying to fix for the last several years boils down to the abysmal state of communication in healthcare. We in the rest of the world of PCs and the internet use things like email and chat and Dropbox and we share you know, Word documents and we share messages yep. and we ask each other questions and we tell each other where we are and we leverage the digital world to make our businesses better. And the productivity of the rest of the marketplace outside of healthcare grew several fold during the 80s and 90s uh, when the whole PC revolution, internet revolution happened. Healthcare didn't get that same growth in productivity, didn't get any growth in productivity. In fact, the cost of healthcare has gone up every quarter since we've had healthcare insurance for decades and decades and decades. There hasn't been a single quarter when it's gone down per capita. Not one. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> and, that's uh, But that's sad. not true of anything else. You know, the cost of everything else per cap, you know, uh, in constant dollars mostly has gone down. PCs and computers for sure, but also automobiles and milk. Everything is, is better and cheaper now. Yeah. Just not healthcare. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with the fact that we haven't figured out how to leverage the even 10 and 20-year-old infrastructures that added so much efficiency to 
the rest of business. That's a, such a great call out, Dr. Tippett. And what advice would you give to the leaders listening on how they could implement this technology that exists? Yeah, well, the, I was on what was called the PTAC, the President's Information Technology Advisory Committee, which is what the first ONC when that started was the, started with this presidential charge to go figure out how we could add computers to healthcare and get something like what banking got when they add computers to banking. <laughs> gotcha. And we said, you know, if you could do about roughly had parity with what banking did with computing by doing the similar analogous stuff with healthcare, we'd wind up with wildly better outcomes. People would live longer and be healthier. Wildly lower costs. Our estimate was $70 billion a year of savings in the thing. But after our committee ended the Institute of Medicine, thought that it was more like six or $700 billion, just wild uh, cost savings. And we'd have a whole new kind of science, uh, you know, the, what we now call precision medicine, but you wouldn't have to do studies to find out answers to things. You could just look them up across populations. But other than that, it probably wouldn't be worth, you know, doing. <laughs> so we wind up with uh, huge benefits across all aspects of this, and all of our businesses would be more efficient. So what's the advice? The advice boiled down to let's digitize everybody and uh, make it possible for everybody to communicate medical records and messages seamlessly. At the time, I thought that both of those were great ideas and they'd achieve the goal. I knew that it was going to be hard and I thought that installing EMRs was going to be the easier of the two steps. But I didn't think that the digital communication was going to stay as broken as it has for as long as it has. I mean, the P in HIPAA is portability. HIPAA That's was right. about sharing records. It wasn't mm -hmm. about privacy. Privacy was just the mechanism to make it easier for people to understand the basics so that they could more easily share uh, medical records and messages. And that's 20, going on 22 years ago now, the uh, HIPAA. Yeah, that's, yeah. An, that's amazing. I think a lot of people don't actually either know that or think about it. They just kind of gotten stuck in the, the privacy aspect of HIPAA. Right. So we blame the lack of medical record sharing on HIPAA. We blame it on uh, standards problems. We blame it on um, business issues of the hospital A doesn't want to give all its medical records to hospital B because it's a kind of competitive thing. We blame it on vendor issues because vendor A doesn't want to interoperate with vendor B because otherwise they'll beat them in the marketplace. We blame it on all these things. And there are, I call this the myriad problems. There probably are a dozen categories of problems for why we haven't gotten there. But in the end, it boils down to productivity. In the end, it boils down to value. In the end, it boils down to improving patient outcomes. And to the extent that we can make our companies better, reduce our costs, improve our efficiency, maybe get paid more in all cases now, especially with the switch to you know, quality and the switch to ACOs, you know, we actually get paid to know more about our patients and to not duplicate tests. And <laughs> that's right. And even if that's only eight or ten percent of our revenue now, it's easy to show that that communication, if you make it working, really does add to the bottom line, not just detract. And we're going to get all the benefits that ever all the other industries got out of the internet uh, that the healthcare has not gotten. Mm -hmm. You know, the two plus fold improvements in uh, productivity, that's going to happen too. 
It's just that we can't imagine that and don't want to count on it. That's right. Yeah, no, that's such a great call out. And as you guys take steps toward alleviating some of these these challenges, Dr. Tippett, what would you say an example of how Health Celerate and your team, I, you had a chance to meet uh, Catherine Thomas over there. She was wonderful. Uh, and the rest of your team over there, what would you say you guys are doing to help improve outcomes? What we've done at Health Celerate, we've, we've decided to try and make a general purpose platform that could make it possible for any clinician or anybody who works for a clinician to get a medical record out of an EMR and get it to any other clinician in the country and do it without that recipient, even knowing that Health Celerate exists, without them installing anything, without them buying anything, without them going through nine yards of stuff. Just like FedEx 40 years ago said, if it absolutely positively has to be there overnight, give it to us and we'll get it where it needs to go. That's what Health Celerate is doing for medical messages, like texts or email-like things, or medical records, like what you get out of your EMR and get to the other one. And when it gets there, the recipient ought to be able to put it in their EMR so that it becomes native to their own EMR. So we wanted to make this thing that would work no matter who, no matter what, in any way, shape, or form with medical messages or records of any size and make it interoperable essentially with all EMRs and make it work whether or not anybody installed anything or bought anything. Now, that's a high order. It is. We know, we know that networks are not particularly valuable if they don't have many members. So if you had a telephone, and you were the only guy with a telephone, you wouldn't yeah. have anybody to call. Right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's roughly where we are with these HIEs or with these data sharing networks like uh, that vendors have put together or that others have put together. They don't tend to get to the tiny players. Even HIEs, the best run, do well with the hospital, but not with the small practices. The vendor networks work with their own vendor, but they don't work with the other vendors. The networks that are uh, joined together by institutions tend to be bigger institutions, but not tiny and certainly not uh, small practices. And we wind up with one-way flow of information. But that's largely because the value of a network is the cube of the number of users of the network. And unless you can give it to everybody, it doesn't work. So you need to build something that's got, that instantly makes it possible for you to get a record to anybody in the country, whether that recipient knows it or not. And that's, I realize this is kind of hard to explain, but basically we've combined all the standards like direct and XDS and, and fire and all the things that meaningful use required and are already installed and working, even though nobody's really using them. We took those plus all the things that we learned how to do across the last 20 years of the internet, like, you know, how to download a file and how to upload one, how to do email and how to do texting. Those we all understand how that works. Yes. So we combine the, the sort of mind memory, the muscle memory of how to do text and messaging uh, with how to get things in and out of the EMR. Layered on top of that, the sort of issues to deal with privacy and security and regulatory compliance and HIPAA compliance and interoperability. So that, that could all be invisible in the background and made it so that a person could solve the problem whether or not the IT department wanted to get involved. So if a doctor somewhere says, oh my God, this patient's going back home. I just cured her of a weird disease and I really want that doctor to know what's going on. Wouldn't it be great if the doctor could do what the doctor wants to do, which is get the record off to the non-competitive other caretaker and keep it in a digital form so that they can have the best chance of continuing with the high quality care. Same for for getting your better uh, billing. You know, if you're operating in a quality paid world, you get paid for knowing whether or not you're diabetic 
head and eye exam or a foot exam or an A1C or the right number of other tests. So the same right. true for, for other kinds of chronic diseases. You don't need to do those tests yourself. In fact, if you did them all yourself, you wouldn't make enough on the incremental money to pay for the incremental work you did. But mm -hmm. if you could figure out the result from the ophthalmologist or the podiatrist or the hospital or the other doctors in the circle that that patient has already met without having to redo the work, you could get the value and get the payment as your bonus money. And the only thing you really need to make that happen is to be able to communicate. Totally. Uh, yeah, the other thing that's weird about this communication thing is that somehow in healthcare, we decide that all the data would wind up in one place and everybody would get it from that place. That's sort of the mode of an HIE or an EMR, right? But that's not how it works in our businesses. You know, if, if you have a, an employee who did a great presentation at some conference somewhere and you say, I want to use that presentation of yours at this place I'm going to go do a, a meeting at, you don't go download it from some central place where your company keeps everything. Right. You ask the employee. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and the employee gives it to you, right? That's right, yeah. And the employee might even say, if you like that one, you're going to like this one even better. This mm -hmm. is more about what you, so you let people think. This is what the P and PC was. This is personally enabling folks. It's enabling the person yeah. to the value, right? And that's why PCs dominate over mainframes because the, the mainframe model is that IT thinks about all the problems and solves them for everyone. The PC model is that that's true, but also individuals can go solve their own problems with tools and local power. And all we're really trying to do on the Health Accelerate side is add the personal part for the caretaker and giving them some value in the proposition of sharing records or giving records or adding value to the other care provider. When doctors brief each other on patients, which they do endlessly, they pride themselves in giving the shortest possible story with the most possible information, right? Yeah. They call it the bullet, right? That's right. And doctors do that when we sent U.S. mail to each other, <laughs> right? That's and right. send a, a, a transfer summary or some kind of a referral, We'd, we prided ourselves in creating the smallest possible uh, summary of the patient problem and the questions that we really wanted answered. And the, the, the person who took that referral was prided themselves in taking all that information, figuring out the real nugget of it, and providing back a synthetic answer of the shortest possible way to do the best for your patient. That's the history. Why, we just need to enable that for our care providers, and they'll take care of it themselves. Yeah, you know, this is a really interesting uh, and and I appreciate you sharing the the history and putting it together with the beliefs that currently exist about what technology should do. I think a lot of people take these things for granted, right? Like we expect to find information in this central repository. Well, it's not there. So <laughs> so let's abandon that belief. Uh well, well, you know what we really want and um, when you think about it in every other respect we want a central repository where it makes sense. And we want to be able to ask questions to fill in the gaps. So if you're working in an intensive care unit and somebody comes in from three counties away and you know, you're trying to save their life, you're doing a very complex set of you know, intensive care interventions. Yes. And you've got a simple question about something that might have happened two years ago. You see a weird thing on an EKG or a weird thing on an MRI or you know, you've got some questions. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just fire off a question to the doctor three counties away or three states away or 3,000 miles away and say, did this EKG look like this before and yeah. get an answer? I mean, it's a simple thing, but this is how we all behave in business. 
in business, we provide each other with data, we provide each other with portals, we, we share information where it's appropriate. But in the end, that high bandwidth communication comes because we can tweet each other or text each other or email each other or say, this is the file that contains the information you're looking for. It's on page 27 and we yeah. don't need to repeat it all. <laughs> totally. we, don't need to, we don't need to, it doesn't matter that our EMRs aren't exactly the same. It's humans that we're solving the problem for, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they can no. read page 27. They don't, you, know, you can even cut it and paste it and send it. In the <laughs> <laughs> Make it even easier, right? <laughs> no, Dr. Tippett, this is really great. And I love how you can keep things so simple. I mean, there's beauty to that. Throughout the process, you guys have, Accelerate have spent time in refining your systems. It hasn't always been pretty. Can you share a time when you had a setback and what you learned from it? We're trying to do something very complicated by uh, making it simple. And the analogy I like to use is the iPod. You know, mm-hmm. Apple came out with the iPod, and really that was an MP3 player. And but Microsoft had an MP3 player already. It was gorgeous and a had a nice form factor and well-designed dogs. Logitech had an MP3 player. They're not tiny companies. They've got great marketing budgets and so on. But it turned out that Apple completely cleaned up the market with the iPod. This is before the iPhone. (laughs) And what they wound up doing was the reason that that worked for them isn't because they're a better design engineering firm and have more cachet in the market. It's because they also decided they had to solve the problem of how you're going to get this music in the first place, right? What are you going to do about the CDs you've got left and the ability to rip them? They decide they solve the problem of Mac versus PC by making things work on both platforms. They had to decide how to get music purchased from the people who made the music. And so they talked to over half of them and got them to provide their music at a buck a track. They solved a dozen different problems. They solved legal problems and regulatory problems and buying problems and interoperability problems and sharing problems and library, you know, uh, consolidation problems and sharing with them. And and because they solved these, uh, I call them the seven hard problems, they solved these, this range of problems. Then the market tipped to make it so that it worked. And the iPod, later the iPhone uh, and music through iTunes and the whole thing worked. What everybody else has been doing in this market is solving a piece of the problem. And it's very difficult to figure out what the scope of a problem is in advance, right? Totally. It it clearly includes things like HIPAA compliance and the ability to let people in on a network without spending a day or two getting their identity proofing working and their medical credentialing and passports and driver's licenses and questions. And yes, all (laughs) the stuff that required... And, you know, you still have to do strong identity. You have still have to do strong security. You still have to make sure that people won't screw up with the data you give them about a patient. You have to make it compliant with HIPAA. You have to make it so that when they make mistakes, it doesn't cause security problems. You have yes. to make it so that even if you send a record to a random doctor in the middle of nowhere, if that doctor throws his phone in a taxi cab and sends it off to HHS and they take it out and look at it, that even though the doctor saw the patient record there, 20 minutes ago, when it winds up on the front step of the investigator, the data is no longer there. It's safe. We have to solve all these problems. And so the the mistakes we've made boil down to that combination of making these things look simple, but actually work. That's really hard. Uh, You know, we've been at this now at Hellcelerate for two and a half, uh, almost two and a half years. And almost all of our time is spent on making whatever we thought was simple, even simpler. 
making something that looked like, uh, yeah, that should work. But as soon as you show it to somebody, they say, I don't know what to do next. And if I had to look at a manual, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah. No, that's <laughs> Which why we decided that email should be a metaphor because people know what to do. Totally. Right. And the text ought to be a metaphor. This isn't text or email, but it looks like text and email. And people know what to do. Uploading and downloading to things. People kind of know how to do that. Yes. And, you know, if somebody sends a PowerPoint to somebody else by email, they know how to do that. Why can't we make that be the same metaphor as sending a medical record? Yeah. It could be automated. It could be built in so that it just happens automatically and pops up inside your own EMR. But why wouldn't we also make it possible so that it can happen manually? And one other thing that we really surprised us, we hired a UI designer, user interface designer. Yes. We've done this three times now in, in a year and a half. But each time we make a quantum leap and an improvement. We wanted doctors or the clerks in doctor's offices to be able to pick which portion of a record that was sent to the other doctor. Or if you receive a medical record from somebody, which portion I'm going to put in my own EMR? Because you don't want all 600 pages. Right. You might just want the you know, the labs and the problem list and the med lists and a couple of other things. So we had to make the selecting of the subset of whatever you got that you're going to push into your EMR. We had to make that easy. And the first couple of times, everybody thought it was wildly easy and they were all excited about it. But we got another designer who really made the medical record that you were selecting from pop. It looked gorgeous. It had, yeah. we, we did these fishbone things that when doctors take notes on three by five cards in their yes. pocket they have shorthand way of writing down labs and we put that same shorthand on the screen and they have shorthand ways of organizing things the soap metaphor they love search almost all emrs aren't as good at search as google is for example but why wouldn't we improve make it so people could search for the thing they were looking for and look at things in soap order and and look at fishbone sort of lab results and other things and widgets, things that would, would put things in a view that you're particularly interested in, whether you're a, a pediatrician and want to see growth charts or whether you're an ophthalmologist and want to see a, you know, some summary of something, or maybe you're a quality clerk and you want to see which parts of the patient record are missing from the viewpoint of getting quality points. Whatever that is, it'd be nice to have those things pop for you. As soon as we built that interface and started testing it, people said, this is the best looking, I've never seen medical data look this crisp and clean and before. Can I use this to just look at my own medical record? And we said, well, can't you look at your own EMR on your mobile phone right now? And they said, no. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't occur to us that the vast majority of doctors have no way to get the data out of their EMR onto wow. a phone or a tablet. Hmm. It, it didn't occur to us as a value to add. Totally. As soon as that value was there, and it also was simple and, and organizable, in a, there's a great word for you, in a way, <laughs> in, a way that, uh, in a way that was custom to the individual. Totally. Our, yeah. our initial goal was to simplify subselecting the part you wanted and finding just the data you were looking for. But as soon as we made it easy for people to find a, a value, they said, well, if I'm on call and somebody who goes to another doctor across town calls me because I'm on call for the other doctor and they're telling me about a flamuxin feeling in their chest. I don't know what a flamuxin feeling is. What the yeah. heck is that, right? Yeah. But if I could look at the chart and see if this person ever used the word flamux before and all of a sudden I type that as a search term and pops up whatever that person said to that doctor last year or last month, I can quickly figure out whether this is similar to what's happened before or not. Yeah. And, um, and just this notion of combining search, which 
by the way, Google showed us search works really well and people it like us, right? It's not new, right? It's, how we, it's how we added value to the rest of our uh, internet experience, right? The yeah. regular communication models that we also understand was enough to really get over that, that hurdle. That's excellent. And a great example, uh, Dr. Tippett, on, on how you could just, you know, just listen and, and you don't know what you don't know. And you guys dove into it and found another opportunity. So what would you say today is an exciting project or focus within Accelerate that you guys are focused on? Yeah, well, what we're really focused on is getting this thing out at scale, right? We'd like to make it so that any doctor or nurse or nurse practitioner or anybody working for any of those people can get any message or record to or from anybody else and make it so that it feels seamless to both ends of that transaction. And it's working well, but you know, if this works really well, it'll be as ubiquitous as Gmail or anything else that we all use all the time, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're really working at looking for the actual underlying value that really drives things because nobody had to push anybody to use email. Nobody had to bribe them with $28,000 of meaningful use money to use email or word processing or any of the others. Uh, The value was so obvious that everybody just said, I'm going to use this, right? And so we we really are spending our energy trying to make sure that we have multiple points of value so that when people find, different people will find different value for different reasons. Some people might like texting each other, some inside or outside your hospital or texting some doctor a thousand miles away or, and making that you know, work. Other people might like you know, the ability to look at their own medical record. But we're discovering when you get down under the covers, what are the real problems and what are the names of those problems? People call it care coordination or referral management or even figuring out whether the insurance company is going to pay or not you know, this sort of more quality metrics or, you know, these, we have words around these because people are building giant workflows around each of these things. And all of them boil down to good communication and an easy way of seeing the information so that you can act on it, right? So to the extent that we extend what we've got, which is basic communication, basic interoperability, basic sharing of medical records and messages, and add little things that sort of do a lightweight uh, job of of a referral management or figuring out whether the insurance company is going to pay for this procedure or not and get people into the quick way of getting something back and forth. We have a, we talked to a a pharmacy the other day that showed us a picture of the pharmacist 40 years ago and the pharmacist was talking to the patient and the, the current picture of the same pharmacist in the same store has a pharmacist with a phone cradled under their ear and, and chin on, on the one hand and both hands on the keyboard. They're spending their whole time talking to somebody to try and see whether they can give this med or that med or finding out from the physician whether they want it this way or that way or going back to the insurer and figuring out whether this will be paid for or not. Why on earth can't they send a text and ask that question? Right, right. right. Yeah, a- and the answer will come back out of phase, out of band when the other time is ready. It might be a minute and a half from now, but in that minute and a half, you could have done something else. That's right. right. That's right. That is, again, how we get our productivity working in all the other parts of business. I love it. No, this is a, a great example. And Dr. Tip, you, you're just calling out the things that we need to be demanding from our communication systems and you guys are working on. So that's exciting. I'm, I'm really excited to, to see how things develop over there and, and having these types of resources that make things simple available to any provider that wants it. So 
Let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful. It's the 101 or the ABCs of Dr. Peter Tippett. So I've got four questions for you. They're lightning round style. And then we'll end it with a book that you recommend for the listeners. You ready? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right. What is the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Communicate better. What is the biggest mistake? <laughs> That's lightning for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love your simplicity, Dr. Dippet. I, I love it. It's priceless. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? I would avoid big system mentality and let's get into person to person mentality. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? I think you drive change to stay relevant. And finally, what's the one area of focus that should drive everything else in your organization? It's focus on the patient, focus on the person, focus on the individual. Make it happen for them. Everything else follows. What book would you recommend to the listeners, Dr. Tippett? I, you know what? I was thinking about this and, and I, I <laughs> was involved. I wrote the cover uh, recommendation for a book called How to Measure Anything by Hubbard. Nice. This is kind of a uh, book that uh, helps people uh, do statistics when you only have three people. You need a thousand person or 500 or some large number to do statistical analysis of whatever. But it turns out if you take a few people who actually know the space, you can ask them to estimate the statistics for any given question. And you can come up with at least as good an answer by taking smart people and putting them together. It's a great book. Well, there you have it, listeners. And, and Dr. Tibbet, thank you for that recommendation. Don't worry about writing it down, everybody. Just go to outcomesrocket.com slash Dr. Peter. Just do D-R-P-E-T-E-R. And you're going to be able to find all the show notes, links to Health Celerate, as well as a link to this book. Dr. Tippett, this has been so much fun. Before we conclude, I'd love if you just shared a closing thought with the listeners and the best place where they could get a hold of you or follow you. Well, uh, I'm at healthcelerate.com. I'm P. Tippett, like Peter Tippett at healthcelerate.com. And I think, you know, the best thing you could possibly do is keep your head up and do the work on behalf of your patients and your employees. Thank you so much, Dr. Tippett. And listeners, take the man up on, on checking out the cool things that they have going on over there. And uh, again, Dr. Tippett, just want to say a big thank you from everybody. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.